Hi, this is Kate Lindsay, and you're listening to the CVH Podcast. It's Monday, May 10th. This is the CBH Podcast, and thank you for being here. Um, this is episode 60, because you care. <laughs> I don't care. Um, I bought a house. That happened. Um, it was like my, my, our third trip uh, back up to uh, D.C. suburbs, and uh you know, we went with a plan. We wanted to see some houses, and uh, my God, did we ever! Uh, it was really just like a well-executed plan uh, between uh, my wife and the realtor uh, who's who's uh, working for us. Like they had a huge agenda, and uh, we knocked it out. We saw twelve houses. That's no joke. Like going in and out of twelve houses. Um, with a six-year-old, uh, almost seven-year-old, and, and trying to, um, you know, take it in. Like, can you live here? Does it have what you're looking for? Is it like a, a million, there's a million things that you're looking for, and then every house is missing one of the big ones. There's just no way. Unless you build your own, it's impossible to have everything you're looking for. And this, I mean, this is clearly first-world problems. <laughs> uh, n- don't feel bad for a second, but um, it is a nutty time. And for how easy it was to sell one uh you know we we're paying the paying the cost of that in buying one uh it's a weird time but uh you know it went on for a while uh we saw the one we ended up with was the third one of 12 and uh it's where my brain kept going you know everything after that was sort of being sized up to that one and um this was by far the best investment the it was expensive but not not as overpriced as most of them and this is where my calm came uh because you just don't know you know you're you're waiving inspection and appraisal and so you sort of have to go on what else is in the neighborhood what else is it sold for and so this um the value of this house was a lot closer to the appraisals of houses in the neighborhood which um which is good. I don't mind an expensive house. I just don't want one that's overpriced, if you know what I mean. Uh, and so uh, went back and forth, getting ready to, to, to make an offer on three. And um, because, you know, most <laughs> you're just not getting them. People aren't getting them. Most people are losing whatever they're looking for. And they have to settle on the, th- <laughs> on the third one down. And so we were prepared for that and didn't get too excited. And so we, we um, sent an offer to the people on uh, Saturday night and they were going to show they were going to have an open house on Sunday which was Mother's Day and I didn't think that would be uh, well attended but you never I mean you know every house we went into we were right on top of somebody and then somebody was right on top of us it was it was sort of endless in the in the house search and we knew this one was going to be popular it showed so well it looked so good from the outside the inside held up to the photos which was actually pretty rare uh, you know, every house has got its thing. It's not a it's not a new house, and so there's there's plenty of things that need a, attention. And uh, you know, we made an offer, and they made a counter offer, and we jumped on it. Um, it was like two a.m. You know, something about realtors is they definitely want to get it done. They they are willing to stay up all night to ratify something, so <laughs> nobody has any second thoughts in the morning. Like <laughs> they want things signed quickly, uh, and rightfully so, because when you're when you're dealing with numbers like this, it's easy to get cold feet. Real easy, actually. Uh, 
but I was I was ready to 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 do it and uh, and frankly ready to be done. I think we went into uh, sixteen or seventeen houses total. Went into and looked at you know two hundred. I mean it was you know the the searching online is endless. But this is a thing. Uh, this is life. This is real life. Uh, buying and selling homes is a thing. It's stressful as f- shit. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really very stressful, um, surprisingly, because so much of it is out of your hands and you're prepared to a point you've done it before. You know, we, the first thing I ever owned was a, was a, uh, three bedroom, uh, townhome. That was the first thing I ever bought. And, um, every time you buy something, you're like, Oh my God, this costs way too much money. Uh, but you know, that one was sort of painless. Um, you know, when you know what the mortgage is going to look like. If you have one, um, you know you can handle it. Uh, and then and then we built a house, and that was a whole different beast. And I wasn't even around for the um, the building of it. I, I i i put the I put the plans in motion with the builder, and and then went, promptly went away to to go pay for it. And I was gone for four months while the thing went up, which is really scary. And I had my dad over here, like you know, looking at things and sending pictures and stuff. And, Seven years later, you're packing up shop to go do it again, you know, and each house is, <laughs> at this age in your life, each house you buy is, <laughs> is effectively t- twice the cost of the last one. <laughs> and so you just sort of, um, you have to sit down and break it down numbers-wise because because um, it all sounds absurd. All of it is absurd. <laughs> Uh, but you know, leverage buying is, is about the only chance, uh, um, uh, 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 an average person has to really make money and get ahead. Uh, it's really your only chance. Um, if you make as a single person, if you sell your home and you make $250,000 in profit, uh, on the sale of your home, you do not pay tax on that. And if you're married, it's half a million. It's up to half a million before you pay any kind of tax on the, on the, on the game, which is amazing. Like this is one, this is the, one of these one things that, uh, our government is really good about in that you can get ahead. You get a chance to get ahead. Um, and, uh, uh, it's wonderful. Don't be scared because (laughs) it's the scariest thing you'll ever do. (laughs) Having a baby and buying a home. These are, (laughs) these are the scariest things that you can do. And, uh, and it'll be just fine. Uh, it'll be just fine. I don't think too many people have lost money in, in a DC suburb on a home, but, uh, you know, it's first time for everything. <laughs> but it was hard not to be in love with it. And it, and it was, you know, it's about 30 years old and I wasn't necessarily looking for an older house and that's not really that old, um, you know. But um, it was incredibly maintained, and all the growth around it was like huge. You know, all the trees were thirty years old, and so uh, it just felt really established. It was beautiful, and and uh, hard not to hard not to want it. But I, you know, we knew we needed to be aggressive because it was very, it was clearly very popular. Like when you walk in, when you're when you're when you're touring a home that's for sale, you walk in. There's like a little table, and of course, everybody's like. There's lots of hand sanitizer and masks and they want you to wear boots. And, and so what happens on this little table is that every, uh, realtor that goes through drops a card to say, Hey, I've been here. Uh, you know, we, we went through the house. I brought somebody through the house. Now this house never had an open house. It just had scheduled tours. There were no fewer than 30 
different realtor business cards on this little table. I'm uh, that's not an exaggeration. So 30 different families minimum went through this thing like you know to you can like a house and you can drive by a house but to make an appointment and go in is a whole different thing and it was at least 30 different people looking at it and you think how the hell am I going to get to the top of that pack? And you and and people are throwing away all stipulations. Your inspections out the window, appraisals out the window. You know, there's no. They don't want to hear about contingency. They don't want to. You know, really, <laughs> it's kind of a cash situation these days, and uh, scary as hell, especially with a thirty year old house. So, you know, you have to give them earnest money to hold your place. Like they've, you know, you've you've accepted a deal, you've you've signed a contract to buy the house, and then you have to you have to give them a certain amount of money as like. Um, Earnest money, they call it, so that if something happens and you have to bail, they at least get this. And uh, and so, effectively, after I did this, I dragged an inspector through, just to be like, "Look, tell me if this thing's about to fall down." You know, that's what I that's what I really want to know. I want to know what you see that an idiot like me is going to miss. And so I I paid for that <laughs> privilege. I paid ten thousand dollars in earnest money for the privilege of seeing if it was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a disaster. Uh, inspector loved it, thought it was great. You know, there's certainly some cosmetic things that need to be dealt with, a couple of drainage things that need to be dealt with, but uh, no major problems. You know, I had a brand new roof or a three-year-old roof and a, a five-year-old HVAC system. And so, you know, God, this is boring. I'm boring myself talking about this. Just one of these stressful things. Thank God for the realtors. I, I can't imagine somebody trying to, you know, for sale by owner. That that's a, that's a joke because the 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 process, the things that need to happen, are vast. Um, the paperwork that needs to be done, the 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 due diligence on, got to be two dozen things. Is something would be very difficult to keep straight if you weren't well trained in this. And I kind of love realtors. They're they're a breed. They're a really specific breed of people. They want you happy. It's like a therapist. <laughs> they're here to make you happy. They're not here to judge what makes you happy. They're just here to make you happy. And <laughs> oh, the therapist. Oh, uh, I uh, I saw one for a long time. I I think I think therapists are great. I think everybody should have one. You should all have somebody that's not your friend who you can spill your bullshit to because they have no, um, they have no agenda and all they can do is is uh, support your happiness. And so, so I, I remember thinking halfway through the last time I saw a therapist. It's been a couple years now, and um, well, not quite two years, but um, I was just like, I think she might be validating my bullshit a little bit. <laughs> I want you to be harder on me. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not harder on you unless you say, "Hey, this is a this is a pattern I'd like to fix. I'd like to I'd like to work on this." And then they can they can keep you accountable. But if you're if you just go in there and spill your guts, they're happy to listen. But unless you want to change something or there's something that needs change and you express that, they're not just going to like offer <laughs> offer the best way to live. They just want they want to support the way you want to live. That's really something. It's a very expensive friend, but but um, I, I, I recommend it to anybody. I really do. There's no shame in this. There's no shame in saying, hey, you know what? I need a little clarity and guidance. Um, and it's, no, it's the same thing with the, with the realtors. You're just like, look, <laughs> I'm a big dummy. Well, hold my hand through this. <laughs> oh, man. 
But anyway, uh, you know, beautiful home, beautiful neighborhood, close to school, uh, very close to a to a fantastic airport for me, and so it's it's um, it's all good. The seems like the hard part is over. You know, packing and moving is stressful, but that's just putting stuff in boxes and then paying somebody to move them. It's not um, it's not rocket science, and none of it's rocket science. But I do appreciate. Uh, the mentality of realtors. They are such positive people. And I don't think you can put it on. I mean, maybe sometimes they have to, um, but but I think their enthusiasm for this business, it's the only way they're going to be successful. They have to love it. They have to love the hustle because it is serious hustle. And there's really almost nothing you can't ask them to do. You know, they're, they are you want to see 12 houses in one day? You know, she like clapped her hands and said, let's get to work. She said, my record's 14. Let's do it. Uh, you need these kind of people. And and I kind of relate to them. I sort of relate to that uh, go-getter uh, attitude, you know, the the uh, die-trying attitude. Uh, and, I, and I appreciate it, uh, you know, being mirrored back to me. You're like, yes, that's right. We are going to be the aggressive ones. We are going to be the ones who get this. Even if 30 different families walk through this home, like I'm getting this one. Uh, I love that. They're killers. They're killers like us. <laughs> at 2 a.m., we, we sealed the deal and you're like, wow, this person is still working for me at 2 a.m. And this is not the person listing the house. You know, they don't get the full commission. They just get a piece of it. Uh, uh, they worked hard for that. She earned it. She earned her commission there. Uh, I th- I think a realtor's job's never been easier right now because um, there's no deal to be made. You just you just say I'll take that one, and then you <laughs> and then you have to give them everything you ever had. <laughs> oh my god! Real life is funny. Real life is funny. Everybody. We're so often we're living in this uh, fantasy world. I, I'm often in my fantasy world. On the road, suitcase, you know, opera house, some some glorious city somewhere, planes, trains, and automobiles, and and uh, you know, made to feel important and all that stuff. But it's it's fantasy. It's not reality. Reality is when you're on the phone with the realtor at two a.m. going, "Please, did we get this? Is this a done deal? Am I going to be homeless? Like I've already sold my house. I have to find the next one. Like the, the clock is ticking. <laughs> the clock is ticking to homelessness." Oh, I remember my um, first year in Chicago, there was a baritone that came through named Kim Josephson. And and I don't know if everybody knows that name, but they should. It was a fantastic, fantastic. um, He was, um, he was a Verdi baritone, but, but more on the Donizetti side of Verdi baritone, just like full throated, but still glorious. It wasn't labored. Um, and a, and a really sweet guy, and he, I remember chatting him, chatting him up like we did, like we would just sort of stalk, we would stalk the second, <laughs> I don't want to say that, um, we would leave superstars alone, but we would sort of really get in the business of anybody that wasn't the superstar, and not to say that he wasn't incredible, because he was, but he was accessible, and he was happy to talk to us, and he had he had young kids that were uh, close to our age, and so we, he he was very easy to chat with. And he told me that he lived or he had recently bought a house in Oklahoma, and I remember asking him like, "Really, Oklahoma? Like what? You know, what's the what's the draw? You know, um, we we have to travel. Why wouldn't you be in a big city? Where? Why wouldn't you live in a city that at least you worked?" 
And he says, you know, I just thought it was the time in life where my kids needed some space and, and they liked, uh, they had horses, they liked horses and, and he wanted to, um, put them in a place that was, that was, uh, bigger and comfortable and spacious and, and, uh, I didn't get it at the time. I really, it didn't make any sense to me that you wouldn't l- at least live in one of the cities that you work in somewhat regularly. Uh, and now I get it. <laughs> now, now I get it. Now I get this, this draw as you get older to, to, uh, have a little more so stupid you think you're not going to get caught up in the in the in regular life and then even though you're in the fantasy most of the time you still get really caught up in regular life who doesn't want a big beautiful house right like that's um that's the dream isn't it i think it's the dream maybe it's not everybody's dream i could have been happy in a three-bedroom apartment in manhattan too but uh, uh yeah yeah, that's um, that's the current deal. I'm going to be Washington D.C. suburb resident very soon. Staying in Virginia, of course, just doubling my taxes. That's all. God, I'm bored. I'm bo- I'm <clears throat> I'm uh, I'm boring myself with all this stuff. But that's what's going on. And my score is sitting over there in the corner, is taunting me. And uh, what I need to do first is deal with a dead car battery because, as some of you know, I drive a 40 year old truck, which is really smart. Uh, <laughs> if I open a hood, I, I think I could point out four things successfully. Like I'm no, I'm no car guy. Uh, and, and a 40 year old truck comes with problems and, and this thing has died on me. I mean, it's been on a tow truck at least five times in its life. And right now it probably needs another unless I can jumpstart it. Cause my battery's just dead. There's real life for you. And there's no better time to buy a new car than when you've just bought a new house. Like those things are definitely should all happen in the same week, right? Isn't that the, isn't that the right way to do it? <laughs> uh, if I had bought a car two weeks ago, I would have had a really nice one. Now I'm like, hmm, what do I actually need? <laughs> Not what you want. What do you need? God damn it. Real life. Still waiting, still waiting to hear from the fall. I'm not in New York because every day that doesn't look like it's going to happen. But it, you know, negotiations will go on all summer. Like uh, you know, they. I think the last time the contracts in New York were negotiated, they it was really like right up until almost August before they before they finally uh, came to a deal and everybody got called back. So it's certainly possible, but I'm I'm um, I'm supposed to be uh, in Chicago. And uh, I, we're just waiting, just waiting to hear something. It's only May 10th, but it's hard not to get itchy about it. Uh, I'll be in Paris a month from now, and, and then when I get back, it's really only a couple of weeks before I'm supposed to be in, in Chicago starting up. And it would be nice to know. Um, yeah, you know, got to pay for the house. <laughs> got to go work, right? Eventually. Work some. Even got paid. The international wire transfer is always a thing. It's never not been a thing. It's always a thing. Uh, there's always a delay. There's always a delay in that money coming from Europe. You often need to remind people like, oh, hey, is that coming? And they go, oh, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> this is the CVH podcast. Monday, May 10th. I love you for listening. Um, this is episode 60. It's a little slow in the summer right now. I don't have my pals to bounce off of, but uh, when we get to Paris, there's a, a whole mess of people I'm going to be harassing to come and do this with me. 
and those episodes get lots of uh, lots of love. Everybody seems to like when we're bullshitting with somebody, and uh, we'll, we're going to get back to that soon. But uh, for right now, you're stuck with me in my real life. <laughs> oh man! All right, everybody, have a fantastic week. We'll see you on Thursday. I love you for listening. Thanks, everybody. Okay, bye.
Oh, cool.